Amen. Like to welcome everyone this morning to Spirit and Life International Ministries. Where we are building believers according to their true identity and purpose in Christ. Amen. We are a Bible teaching ministry. Amen. We want you to get the truth of the word of God. Amen. Down in your spirit. Taught to your spirit. Amen. That you will be all that God created you to be in the earth. Amen. Amen. Glory to God. The last few weeks we've been teaching on destroying ignorance. Amen. We've been teaching on destroying ignorance. And we come to understand that the greatest hindrance to all of mankind is ignorance. The greatest hindrance to all of mankind is ignorance. Ignorance is the greatest tool of the enemy. Ignorance is the greatest tool of the enemy. Amen. I want to read a statement to you by Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. made this statement. He said, nothing in the world is more dangerous than sincere ignorance and conscientious stupidity. Amen. I'm going to read that again. He said that nothing in the world is more dangerous than sincere ignorance and conscientious stupidity. Sincere ignorance. You know, you know people who are sincere? I mean, it, it, out of the kindness of their heart, they just down. He says sincere ignorance. That means they just do it out of, uh, just being ignorant for the fact that it's in them to be them. And then he said conscientious stupidity. That means knowing that you're stupid. You're conscious of yourself being stupid. But you do nothing about changing the stupidity that you are. Now it's one thing to do something stupid without knowing. But it's another thing to be conscious of the fact that you're stupid. And continue to be in that way or in that manner. Amen. We're speaking of destroying ignorance. Amen. Destroying ignorance. Our subtitle this morning to be consider yourself awesome. <coughs> consider yourself awesome. Amen. Now, it's either what you don't know or what you do know, but refuse to apply that hinders your walk with Christ. It's either what you don't know. Or what you do know, but refuse to apply, that hinders your walk with Christ. Amen. Destroy ignorance. Now we understand that ignorance is twofold. Ignorance means either you don't know, or you know, but don't apply. Ignorance. Either you don't know, or you know. But don't apply. Amen. Now, our scripture we've been feeding on for this whole series has been Hosea 4 and 6. Amen. I get you to turn that. Hosea 4 and 6. 
When you get there, let me hear you say, I got it. Hosea 4 and 6. And when you get there, let me hear you say, I got it. Amen. Speaking of ignorance. Hosea 4 and 6. See, ignorance is the greatest tool of the devil. That's it. See, it's ignorant people who sin. Amen. It's ignorant people who sin. Amen. And see, as believers, we should know better. See, sometimes we say the enemy is attacking my faith. The enemy is not after your faith. The enemy doesn't have to be after your faith. The enemy is after keeping you ignorant of the word of God. Because over in Romans 10 and 17, it says faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So if faith cometh by hearing, if the enemy keeps you ignorant of the word, then your faith can't come because you know not the word that should give you faith. Amen. So he's not attacking your faith. He's just keeping you ignorant of the thing that should build your faith. Amen. Either he has you not knowing it, or he has you to a point where you know it, but you refuse to apply. Amen. Ignorance. Amen. Everyone at Hosea 4 and 6? Amen. And the scripture says, my people are destroyed for the lack of knowledge. Because thou hast rejected knowledge, I will also reject thee, that thou should be no more priest to me. That's the first effect of knowledge, meaning of ignorance, is that you should be no more priest to me. Now, a priest is one who goes into the presence of God and get and receive what is needed to bring back and release and present to the people. Amen. He said, because you're ignorant, you will be no more priest to me. So what God is saying is that you lack knowledge. The fact that you're ignorant, you will no longer have the ability to come to, into my presence and receive anything from me. Amen. So if the priest, uh, we can't go to God's presence because of ignorance and receive the knowledge we need in order to bring back to the people, then we hinder everyone that God wants us to affect because we lack knowledge of his word. Amen. That's one of the effects of ignorance. Ignorance is the cause of everything we see going on in the earth today. See, we, we quick to say that we're living in a sinful world. Amen. But the fact is we're living in an ignorant world. Amen. We can't say we're living in a sinful world because we say we're living in a sinful world. We're saying what Jesus did on the cross 2,000 years ago was not effective. That his blood didn't do the work that God desired for it to do. Amen. Destroying ignorance. Amen. But it says that if we lack knowledge, we cannot be preached. We cannot go into his presence to receive the knowledge needed to release to the people who need him. Amen. Then it goes on to say in that scripture that seeing thou hast forgotten the law of thy God, I will also forget thy children. Amen. So this ignorance not only keeps you from receiving from God to release to the people, but this ignorance also becomes generational. 
This ignorance also becomes generational. Amen. Can I teach you this morning? I don't, I don't want to run through this word. I don't want to run through this word. I just want a little bit of your time to teach it. And, and, and when the Spirit of God stops me, I'll stop as well. Amen. Amen. I, I need to teach you. I really need to peel back these scriptures so you can get it. Amen. Your breakthrough might be the, at the end of what you receive today. Amen. 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 Glory to God. But we see that the destruction of people comes from the presence of ignorance. Amen. And we understand that the greatest tool of the enemy is ignorance. Amen. So it looks like it to me that if we want to fix the problem of sin, that we need to somehow get hold of knowledge. Amen. If we want to fix the greatest tool of the enemy, then it looks like knowledge is the thing that is needed to get that tool out of his hand. Amen. It's knowledge that is needed to get the tool out of his hand. Amen. See, if he don't have the tool that is needed, he can't complete the job he desired to do. Amen. And if knowledge is what is needed to destroy ignorance, then the knowledge of the word is what is needed to destroy the enemy. He can't complete the job he wants to do. Now, I, I'm not a mechanic or, 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 or this home fixing type guy. I won't lie. But it's been many times that I've used a butter knife for a screwdriver. Amen. I got the job done, but it's been time the knife slipped and I, I, I cut myself. Amen. Then it's been time I didn't have the tool needed to do a job, so I couldn't complete. Amen. See, when we get knowledge of the word, we strip the enemy of his tool. And it's like us trying to screw something that needs to be nailed. Amen. It's like us trying to hammer something that needs to be screwed. The job won't be get done effectively because we don't have the proper tool. See, if you want to stop the enemy from attacking you in your life, you need to get knowledge of the word of God and strip it from the tool he needs to complete the job he wants to do. Amen. Amen. Destroying ignorance. Destroying ignorance. Amen. See, when someone has knowledge or insight pertaining to a particular thing, amen, but refuse to use or apply, then they struggle with an issue of faith. I let that rest for me. When someone has knowledge or insight of a certain thing, but refuse to apply or use it, then they struggle with an issue of faith. See, they possess the necessary information needed to sustain, to comfort, to provide for them in their time of need. But they lack the confidence or the boldness to apply so they walk around like someone who doesn't have knowledge of it at all. 
Amen. Now it's a shame if I go out there and have a flat in my vehicle. Have knowledge of all my life of how to fix a flat, change the tire, put the spare on. But I leave the car on the side of the road, don't fix the flat, don't change the tire, but yet come home and say I need a whole new car. Amen. Amen. But that's how some of us look when it comes to the word of God. We know what God says in his word. We know that Jesus fixed and destroyed the enemy. Amen. When he died on the cross, he stripped him of all his power. We have knowledge of this, but when problems come, we won't go to the word. We'll go to the strategies of the word. We're no different than that person who leaves his car on the side of the road with knowledge of how to fix a flat because they have a flat, but go home and say they don't want the car no more and they need a new one. Destroying it. Destroying it. Amen. But over in James, it says it this way that faith without works is dead. Amen. But you can't have faith. In a word that you do know. But in a word that you do know. And don't apply. It's like you're ignorant of the word anyway. So faith have, have to have words. Amen. I know my, my pastor used to tell his story. Amen. See we can't get mad when we see the word of God working in somebody else's life. When we don't apply it enough. See we won't get mad when, when, when they rejoicing and they blessing. But we don't know the prayer and the commitment they put when they're behind closed doors. Amen. Amen. But, but, but this is the thing. He said, he had a man at a circus. Amen. And he, and he was walking a tightrope, hundreds of feet down, with a wheelbarrow. Amen. And I think that they, they put like some chairs or something with some weight in the wheelbarrow. And he walked across the wheelbarrow, and everybody, ha. They, have, they see the man go across the wheelbarrow and he get to the end, hundreds of feet down. Then he piles some more stuff in the wheelbarrow so it's even heavy. And the man walked back hundreds of feet down in the wheelbarrow. Everybody shouting, ah, ah. They're excited, ah. The man, he go to the other side. Hundreds of feet down, he way down. Put more stuff in the wheelbarrow. Stack high, wait everywhere. The man walking, now he got a tight rope. With a wheelbarrow, one wheel, walk. You know, I'm talking about you got weight stuff that he barely can see. You got so much stuff. We're about, ah, everybody say, oh, he's amazing. Ah, he can do it. Ah, ah. You get to the end this time, you say, all right, who going to get in the wheelbarrow? Everybody was quiet. But that's the same way, though, when we shouting and, and praising, oh, God is so amazing, and God has blessed me, and God can do this, and God can do that. But when it comes time to apply the word to yourself, you be quiet. Lack of faith. See, we have faith what he could do, dealing with others and dealing with other things, but when it comes to your issue, you're scared to apply what he told you in your life. Ignorance. Ignorance. Amen. See, it ha we have to come to a place as believers when the unseen realm becomes our reality. Where the unseen realm becomes our reality. Amen. Turn with me. Romans 5. Y'all say I can take my time. Amen. 
still got a little time. Romans 5. I didn't know if this is where I really wanted to go, but we're going to start here. I'm going to let the Spirit lead. Amen. Romans 5, verse 1. Reading in the King James. Amen. I got to peel back these few scriptures and we're going to ride out from there. Amen. But I promise what God put in my heart for you will make a difference in you. Amen. When everybody get there, let me hear you say, I got it. Amen. Look look what it says. Now, I'm going to peel this scripture back slow. Because y'all say I can. Amen. It says, therefore, being justified by faith. Amen. We have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. By whom also we have access by faith into this grace wherein we stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. Amen. We have to get to a place where the unseen is our reality. This is what I'm getting at. So it says in one, it says, therefore being justified by faith. Amen. Justification by faith. Now, over in Hebrews 11 and 1, it says that faith is the substance of things hopeful, evidence of things not seen. Amen. So, when I come back to this scripture, they say, therefore being justified by faith. That means my justification comes from me having substance of something that I'm hoping for. See, justification means that I'm free from guilt or all charges that are against me. So, me being freed and guilty of all the charges that are against me comes to me by me having the substance of something that I'm hoping for. Amen. So when you hope for something, that means it's in the future. Amen. Come on now. Let me teach this. So I'm justified by something, amen, that is a substance. Now substance is something that is tangible. Something I could touch. Something that's real. Something that, like matter. Something hard. Some type of, it's, it's, it's substance. Amen. It's something that, 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 that I, I could touch I, that is real. So it said that I'm justified by something that's real that I've been hoping for in the future. But it's evidence of something that I've never seen. Faith. So what the Bible is saying that what I have been that is a reality. The thing that is a reality that I've been hoping for in the future, faith allow it to be evidence to me even though I don't see it. So the fact that I've been free from the guilt and everything that was on me, the old man, the sinful man, that I've now been justified from that comes from something that is real that was in the future, but I have evidence of it even though it's not seen. So, the fact is, I am justified by something that happened that is real and could be in the future, but I bring it into the right now with evidence, even though I have never seen it. 
Man, you got to clap yourself for that God. That's faith. That's faith. So I've never seen Jesus die on that cross. But I have faith in what God said about it. So the, 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 the reason that I believe it is because he said it. And because I believe it, it now brings me into all that it provides. So I'm no longer tied into what I used to be because I've been justified by something that is a reality that I have not seen yet. Amen. Justified by faith. And it says that we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Now me believing in something that I have not seen but is a reality. Now I have no chaos and nothing stand between me and God no more. Amen. Then it comes down and says by whom also we have access by faith into this grace where we stand. Now hold up. That's that word faith again. It's saying now that I have access into something because I believed in something that's a reality even though I have not seen it yet. And I can rejoice in hope of the glory of God. Now wait, didn't that scripture say now faith is the substance of things hopeful? Now I can rejoice in that hope now? Because what faith does, it takes what I hope for in the future and bring it to a reality to me right now. So I can rejoice in it like I got it right now because what I did in believing in God make me realize that it's a reality in me already. Amen. Faith. So faith justified me and it brought me into God's unmerited favor and got rid of the chaos and the thing that was stood between me and God and gave me access into the things of God where I can rejoice in the glory of God even though I did not see anything that he did for me to get. The unseen realm has to become your reality. Now, how did God make all this possible? Amen. Because before Jesus died, Moses came with a law. Amen. And the people, through the law, developed some stuff called religion. They believe if you do this and do that and do some of this and do that and wear this and wear that and don't do this and don't do this on that day and on this day you can't do this and do that and do this then you will be right with God. Say ignorance. I said ignorance. That's what we're seeking to destroy this morning. Ignorance. Turn with me to Romans 10. I didn't want to go here. I got to walk through this one. Y'all said I could teach you this morning. Romans 10 and 1. How do we come into this thing? Amen. How do we come into this thing? Amen. Look what it says. Everyone there? It says, brethren, my heart's desire and prayer to God for Israel is that they might be saved. Now hold up. Israel were the people who Moses brought the law to. Then at that time when on, they had the Pharisees and Sadducees, they, they religious acts and tradition had them believing if you do this and do this and don't do that, do this, and the woman caught that adultery just a stone and all these things. They thought those things would get them right with God and save them. But yet Paul come over here and said, Brother, 
my heart's desire and prayer to God for Israel that they might be saved. Then he comes in verse 2 and says, For I bear them record that they have a zeal for God. Amen. That means enthusiasm. They have enthusiasm for God because they made up all these laws how to get to God so they know getting to God is the place they need to be. But the ways and traditions and methods that they chose to get there were not the way God chose. Amen. So Paul said in verse 2, For I bear them record that they have a zeal of God, but not according to knowledge. So obviously, if it's not according to knowledge, then it must be in alignment with ignorance. I'll say that again. That obviously, if it's not according to a knowledge, then it must be in alignment with ignorance. It must be in alignment with the thing that causes destruction. It must be in alignment with the thing that causes generational curses. It must be in alignment with the thing that keeps you from the presence of God. Amen. According to Hosea 4 and 6, they can be no more priests to him because they lack knowledge. But what they're doing was not according to knowledge. So they're doing the same thing that God said that destroys instead of builds up. Amen. Glory to God. Verse 3. Look what he said. For they being ignorant of God's righteousness and going about to establish their own righteousness have not submitted themselves unto the righteousness of God. For Christ is the end of the law for righteousness to everyone that believeth. For Moses describeth the righteousness which is of the law, that the man which doeth those things shall live by them. By them. But the righteousness which is of faith. Glory to God. So righteousness is of faith. So righteousness is of what I have. Hope for in the future, but it's a reality to me now, and I have confidence that is mine, even though I cannot see it. Man. That's how my righteousness comes. So my righteousness can't come from what I do, or it can't come from what I see, or it can't come from my senses, but it has to come from what I believe, what I have not saw yet. Man. Faith. And it says, but the righteousness which is a faith speaking on this wise. Say not in, thy, in thine heart who shall ascend into heaven. That is to bring Christ down from above. It says, or who shall descend into the deep. That is to bring Christ up again from the dead. Now listen at them two scriptures. Now when you're in a religious church. Now you can't tell me they don't tell you. Who they think going to heaven and who they think going to hell. But that type of talk doesn't come from God's knowledge, but from the world's ignorance. Yeah. Amen. That's all they preach. You're going to heaven if you. You're going to hell if you. Amen. But the word says, but the righteousness of faith was speaking on this wise. It say not in thy heart who shall ascend into heaven or who shall descend into the deep. But in verse 8, but what said it? The word is now the even in thy mouth and in thy heart. That is the word of faith which we preach. Listen now. And look at now it said, Thou if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and shall believe in thy heart 
that God had raised him from the dead, thou should be saved. For with the heart, man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth, confession is made unto salvation. For the scripture said, whosoever believeth on him should not be ashamed. For there is no difference between the Jew and the Greek, for the same Lord over all is rich unto all that call upon him. For whosoever should call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. So wait. Remember, faith doesn't make sense. Faith will always make you look stupid. Amen. Faith called Noah to build off. And there never been anything heard of called rain. Now this man building a big old tight boat. Getting wood and everything that God told him in his word. He believed it by faith. Even though he never saw it. But the fact that God said it made him be what God told him to say. Yeah. Now he couldn't have been worried about the world around him. Now he over in the place where he lived. I'm just making I don't know where he lived. But just imagine the scenery. Over there building a big old boat. You have seen in the pictures they show the picture dog. Now he's dead and all stuff, and then hear the world coming around, knowing what you're doing. Building off. What is off? Like a big old boat type thing. You know, it, it can float and all that. Why are you building that? Because it's about to rain. What is rain? And he tells him, you know, that for water, for the cloud. Now it never rained before nobody never saw. And what you think he said to know? <laughs> Boy, you crazy. <laughs> rain. Nobody never heard of it before. But faith. Is what he's is in what he said, not in what you see, not what your senses bring in. See, faith always say, then see, it never see, then say. See, it wouldn't be faith if Noah already saw rain and then go build a boat because he's seen it flood before. It won't take faith for him to believe it because he knows if it flood and the water get too high, I have in my own knowledge and senses that I could possibly die because that's too much water for me to be swimming around the whole world trying to stay safe. I can't hold my breath that long. Yeah. But God showed that it was faith that when he told him, he didn't have to register in his mind according to what he saw or what his senses perceived. The fact that God said it, he went on and did yeah. Amen. Yeah. Now, over here in Romans 10 and 9, it says that if we should confess with our mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in our heart. See, the world thinks believing starts in your mind. God said believing starts in your heart. Because the word said what is the abundance of the heart, the mouth shall speak. Amen. So, what I believe in my heart, when I release it with my mouth, at that point, I become saved. Amen. He says, For with the heart man believeth to righteousness, but with the mouth he confesses, made to salvation. And the scripture says, Whosoever believeth on him should not be ashamed. So now I have to believe in my inner man, my heart, something that I've never seen in my life that happened over 2,000 years ago. But when I believe it in my unseen man, what happened in an unseen place becomes the reality in a seen place when I release that thing in through my mouth. Amen. The unseen. That's how faith operates. It takes faith 
for you to confess something that has never been seen and, and believe in it as a reality in your life, even though you've never seen it yet. But God said that is the way that you are to become saved. That's the way that you come into this life. That is the only way that you can come to know me. Amen. Amen. Do that. So you got to be, the world look at you crazy. You going to tell me a man hung on a cross over 2,000 years ago. He died, went to hell, stripped the enemy of all his power and keys. And God caused him to raise on the third day. Then he came around and showed people he was living. Without any blood in his body, he walked around. Forty more days. And then he ascended and took off into heaven and did his high priest duty of pouring blood on the mercy seat, justifying me, redeeming me, making me free from every sin I see in the world around here going crazy. You want me to believe that and I ain't never saw it? Yes. God does want you to believe that. Because if you saw it, then believed it. Then it won't take faith for you to believe it. But it ought to be already registered in your senses, according to your not. Amen. Amen. But God wants you to believe in what is unseen. Amen. 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 What is unseen. But this is the thing. So if it took us believing in something that we have not seen, that really happened to become a reality to us. Amen. Then what makes us think we can live this life by going along with what we do see? So if it took you faith to get into this life, then it's going to take faith for you to live it correctly. Amen. Amen. See, you can't let what you see determine what you do. You can't let what you see determine what you believe. You can't let what you see be the thing that leads you. Amen. See, if you operate like the world operates, you be, will continue to operate in ignorance. Amen. Amen. Turn with me, Romans 6. I didn't have the time to go to different translations with y'all concerning that. I would love that broke that down. I'd invite y'all to the evening service for that one. <laughs> Amen. 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 Romans 6 and 1. I got to tie this together. I can't leave you hanging. Man. Okay, we understand that it took faith, believing in something we have not seen, to be a reality for us, to come into this life. It took faith for us to believe in something that wasn't a reality, that's a reality to us that we did not see, that to be justified. It took faith to give us access into some stuff that we now have that we did not see what caused us to come into it. Amen. It was because of faith in the unseen realm that makes us who we are in this seen realm. Amen. Well, look what it says in verse 6. It says, What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? Now we know what Christ did on the cross. Destroyed sin. Amen. We didn't see what he did. But he knew what he did had to be effective. Because it became a reality to us. When we began to believe what we did not see. Amen. So it said what shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? God forbid, how shall we that are dead to sin live any longer therein? And then it comes with verse 3. It says, Know ye not 
that so many of us as were baptized into Jesus Christ were baptized into his death. Now the phrase I want you to look at is know ye not. Know ye not. Now if he said know ye not that so many of us were baptized into Jesus Christ were baptized into his death. Who is he talking to first? He's talking to the people of Rome. He's not speaking to sinners. He is speaking to believers. Because he was sent to the saints in Rome. In fact, all of Paul's epistles are written to the church. In the beginning of each one, it says to the church that is at Rome. Over in Ephesians, he said to the church that is in Ephesus. Over in Corinthians, to the church that is of Corinth. Amen. He's not speaking to sinners. He's speaking to a body of believers. So he's speaking to people who are saved. He's speaking to people who have used their faith and believed in what they did not see in order for it to become a reality to them. So now they have the life of Christ. But yet, for him to say, know ye not, meaning they have ignorance somewhere in them. They have knowledge of being saved by God, but they lack knowledge or have knowledge of it or not applying it that they walk needs to go along with what Christ did for them on the cross. Amen. But look what it says. Know ye not that so many of us as were baptized into Jesus Christ were baptized into his death? This is what he's saying. You're ignorant of the fact that so many of us were baptized into Jesus Christ, were baptized into his death? That's what he said. You lack knowledge of this? Wait, aren't you believers, but y'all don't know this? Amen. Then he go on and said, Therefore we are buried with him by baptism into death, that like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we should also walk in newness of life. Look at it. This is what he said. He said, you're ignorant of the fact that when he was baptized into death, we were baptized with him also. They lack knowledge of it, even though they know that they used what they did not see to come into that life being a reality, but they did not see the part that they hung up on the cross with him too. So the faith that brought him to the life they didn't use that same faith to walk in the life. You got to see it. He said, therefore we are buried with him by baptism into death. That like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. It said, for we, if we have been planted together in the likeness of his death, we should be also in the likeness of his resurrection. Look what it says in verse 6. Knowing this, Alright, that's the second time that word knowing is in the scripture. He says, knowing this. What does he say? He saying, have knowledge of this. Don't be ignorant of this. That our old man is crucified with him. That the body of sin might be destroyed. That henceforth we should not serve sin. So wait, they are saved. They're ignorant of the fact that when Christ was baptized in the death, they were baptized with him too. That they were buried with him also in the baptism of death. And when he was raised from the dead, they was raised with him also. They were ignorant of that fact. Even though they were believers. Amen. 
And it said, if also we were planted together in the likeness of his death, we should also be in the likeness of his resurrection. So we rose with him too. They were ignorant with that. And he said, knowing this, don't be ignorant of this, that our old man was crucified with him, that the body of sin might be destroyed also, that henceforth we should not serve sin. Then it says, for he that is dead is freed from sin. So if Christ died, is freed from sin. And if I die with him, that means I am free from sin as well. Don't be scared to say Any wrong answer, the answer does not give it. That's the easy way to grade a test that. Any teacher knows if there ain't no answer there, it's automatically wrong. Even if you get close to the answer, they might think about getting your point. So don't be scared to say something. Amen. Now it says, now if we be dead with Christ, we believe that we should also live with him. Knowing that. So look what it's saying again. That's the fourth time that word, third or fourth, third time that word knowing has showed up again. Knowing that, that means have knowledge of this, that Christ being raised from the dead died no more, that had no more dominion over him. For in that he died, he died unto sin once, but in that he lived, he lived unto God. He wants you to know something else. So obviously they were ignorant of three main things that hindered their walk with Christ. Either they didn't know it or they had knowledge of it but refused to apply. But when Paul saw it, he dealt with it. Destroying ignorance. Paul knew that if I need to destroy this ignorance in them in order to keep the enemy from having control over them. Because although they are saved, they are continuing to sin. Amen. But Paul never called them sinners. Because Paul knew there's no such thing as a sin issue. It's an issue with them being ignorant because that's why he kept saying, no, you're not. Are you ignorant of this? Look, you need to know this. You're ignorant of that. Look, you need to know this. You're ignorant of that. They were ignorant of the things that came with salvation because they were saved acting like they wasn't saved. Ignorance. Half of the people messing up the day know better but they don't know how to do better. Some of them might not know, but it falls on us who do know. Ignorance. We have to destroy. We have to destroy. Now this is the verse I've been waiting to get to. We'll continue tomorrow with, with the rest of it. I mean, not tomorrow. Wednesday with the rest of it. You should, you should show up to come get this too. It's going to be good. Amen. Verse 11. I ain't get to the different translations. Good God Almighty. Verse 11. Y'all give me about 10 more minutes. If y'all don't mind. Look what it says in verses 11. It says, Likewise reckon ye also yourselves to be dead indeed unto sin, but alive unto God through Jesus Christ our Lord. It says, Likewise reckon ye also. Now that word reckon, also means consider. It says, likewise consider yourself also to be dead indeed unto sin, but alive unto God through Jesus Christ our Lord. It says, consider yourself also. Amen. Now that word consider means to think about carefully with regard to talking, with, with regard to taking some action. Amen. He's telling them, likewise, think about this carefully with regard to taking some action on it. Think about the fact that when he was baptized into death, you were baptized into. And think about taking action into that thing. 
he was saying, okay, think about this. He was saying, okay, think about this, Captain. That, like he was buried into debt, you were buried into debt with him also. Think about this, Captain. Take regard and taking some action on that. That's what he said. He said, okay, being that you died with him, you was also raised with him. The same resurrection he rose with, you rose with also. Now think carefully on this with regard. Take some action on that. Amen. See, he was giving them knowledge of this stuff to consider themselves with it also, not for them just to know and not apply. He wanted them to think on it in order to take some action on it because it won't become a reality in their life until they take the knowledge they have of it and begin to act on it because faith without works is dead. Amen. Amen. So Paul was telling them, consider themselves also. Consider also means take into account. Amen. Another thing consider means to count esteem, to look upon, to regard, to view, to take for, or to deliberate. That's the word I've been waiting to get on all of it. To deliberate. Now you all know, when you go to court, they have a trial. Amen. And then, and, 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 and the prosecutor or the defense come up to the stand. Trying, they get a chance to prove their claim. Amen. They come with evidence. Prosecutor come up first with their evidence to prove their case. They have exhibit A. They might have a, some bullet shells of, of a murder. Or exhibit B, they might have a forensic file, some hair, some gloves, uh, some blood or something that was at the scene. Now over here the defense got their case. They may have exhibited evidence of some phone records and stuff like that. They may have evidence of some text messages and stuff like that. They may have evidence of some threatening emails or some stuff like that. But they all present their evidence before the jury. And once they forget, finish pleading their case, the jury take everything they receive and go back into a room and begin to deliberate on all that was presented to them. What they're doing is they're thinking carefully and considering to take action on what was just presented to them. They're deliberating. Amen. See, this was all Paul was doing. Paul was telling them, do you not know this? Amen. He said, know ye not that you were baptized into his death. He tells them, okay, take that in the back and y'all think happen on that and deliberate on that so y'all can take action on that. Amen. When he tells them, know that also you were buried into his death. Amen. So y'all take that. Think about that, Captain. Begin to, before y'all take action, that take that in the back. Go in there and deliberate on that. Amen. But then he come back and he say, okay, Take this. Have knowledge of this here. What Paul was doing, he was presenting evidence of the thing that they believed, that they, they have access to when they became saved. Amen. He was telling them, consider this. Deliberate on this. He said, no, you're not that when he was raised from the dead, you was raised in also that you will walk in newness of life. Boy, that's a closing statement for an attorney there. So they took that in the back. And now they're in the de- deliberation room. Back then. And now they heard, okay, they're in the deliberation room. They're saying, oh man, he presented some good evidence. Now, these people are saved. Mm-hmm. Amen. Mm-hmm. But they've been sent. Religious wants to sentence them to death. Religion wants to sentence them to condemnation. But Paul, their attorney, came to them knowing that 
They don't need to be sentenced to death. They don't need to be sentenced to, to condemnation. Paul knows that they need to be delivered to freedom because they're not a sinner, what they try to charge them with. They are uh, believers who are ignorant of all that they are. So Paul said, I present some, some, some evidence to religion to let them know these people are not sinners, but they are children of God. They're not the mistake that they're made. Amen. So Paul said, I'm going to give you some evidence. Okay, you take this with you into the deliberation room. Amen. You take this and deliberate on that when he was baptized and that you were baptized with him. Take that. Think carefully on that. To take action on the decision. Amen. He come back and say, okay, no, ye not this. No, that, 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 that this is. That, that you were buried with him into death. Amen. Take that. Think on that, Captain. Take that in the deliberation room. Think on that so you can take action on that. Amen. Come up with a decision. Then he come back and say that when he was raised from the dead, you was raised with him. Amen. Take that with you into the deliberation room. That that that, that, that when he died, you you died with him. That, that, that when he was raised, you were raised there with him. Amen. Take that. Think carefully on that. Bring that in the deliberation room so you can take action on that. Then Paul come back and say, Paul come back on him again and say that, that you should also walk in newness of life. That you also be dead into sin. Amen. Take that. Take that in the deliberation room. And, and, and decide on that. So you can take action on that and come up with a decision. But this is the thing. Amen. I'm going to close out here. This is the thing. When you're in court and trial in this world. And you go in there and you deliberate on the evidence that is given to you. You're trying to come up with a verdict. But only when the things of God, when you take evidence and knowledge of the thing he come in and you're going to deliberate, deliberate on that, you're going in with a verdict already. You're already justified by faith in Jesus Christ. You're already free of the thing that you were in. You're already free from guilt. You're already free from condemnation. You're already free from sin. You're already dead to the things that they want to put on. You're already free and at liberty of the things. Of Christ. You go in with a verdict already to deliberate on. You don't go deliberate to get a verdict. Because it's not what you do who make you who you are. It's what you believe in him that makes you who you are. Amen. You got to see it. You got to see it. The word in the unseen has to become your reality. Amen. He wants you to consider those things. Consider yourself also. Concern yourself also of the fact that you are dead to sin. Sin is no longer an issue. In your life, even though your walk don't walk according to what his word says, that don't make you the thing that you're doing. Amen. Amen. The verdict has already been made on your life. You've already been justified by what you have not seen. So even if what you're showing don't line up with what he did for you in the unseen, that don't make you of what the world says you are. You're everything what the word says about you. Destroy the ignorance. Amen. Glory to God. Give God a hand for that word. Amen. Glory to God.